Good morning. So here we begin. We're on Pei Gimel Amad Aleph, and we're at the end of a Gemara about uh, it's an uh, important lesson that not only is there a uh, mitzvah to do a korban properly, but when the korban is can't be used, there's a mitzvah to dispose of it respectfully. And uh, many mitzvahs are like that. In other words, when you're done with the mitzvah, what happens to it? You know, where does it go from here? So there are rules what to do. Uh, the issue with the korban is that when there's an obvious defect in the korban, uh, then you could burn it uh, right away. But what about when there's no obvious defect? Uh, and it's something that doesn't have to do with the korban. It has to do with something outside of the korban. Uh, for example, uh, we said if the, uh, something happens to the owner, uh, the Corbin itself is fine, but the, the owner backs out. He dies or he becomes Tame. So this is a beautiful Corbin. The lamb is ready to go. It's kosher. Everything's beautiful. So to take an offering like that and burn it right away uh, was not so simple. We heard a debate. And there's a concept of letting it go bad, Tavitsurasan, uh, before you burn it. And the question was whether or not that's a requirement. And of course, we had different points of view. Uh, and we were bringing proofs. And uh, one of the big proofs was from Nadav and Avihu, uh, not from Nadav and Avihu, from the, after the deaths of Nadav and Avihu, uh, there was a mysterious burning of a Corbin that Moshe Rabbeinu was very upset about. And it's just interesting because you never have, you know, the leaders always agree. But somehow over here with Moshe and Aaron, there was a big discussion about what happened. Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know, why'd you burn it? So, uh, uh, the, uh, we, we just got into that discussion. That, that was the Rosh Chodesh Corbin, by the way. Today was Rosh Chodesh. Um, the, the issue was really covered at the end of yesterday, but we didn't have time to do all the Rashis, if that intrigues you. So Moshe Rabbeinu first said, well, maybe you burnt it because it went too far in. They, they got confused and they brought it just like uh, you can actually go too holy. Uh, or Aaron said no. Or maybe they brought it too far out. Aaron said no, that's not what happened. So uh, then what, what really did happen? And I mentioned to you the idea of Nadav and Avihu is that you can get too holy or you can get not holy enough. Uh, there, everything has a boundary in life. There's an exact place. That, that we call the proper attitude in life midos, the measure. There's a right measure for things. And a person, they have to find that measure. You could overdo it also. So, uh, but that was the discussion there. The, then the Gemara had the discussion, maybe they burnt it because they were in mourning. Uh, and uh, so Rashi points out that, that the Kohen Gadol never mourns. He's above mourning. He's able to put his private feelings uh, beneath the surface. When he goes into the base of Migdush, he doesn't have his private uh, Morning that doesn't affect him. He's above that. And so Aaron brought it. So would that have been a reason to burn it or not? But even if it's a reason not to use it, why did they burn it right away? So that seems to... And now, if the people who brought the offering uh, were in mourning, was there anything wrong with the offering? No, that's external to the offering. And still, they burnt it right away. So that was kind of the proof that was brought yesterday. But there were other opinions, but we quoted the view that it was they did burn it because of Aninus. Rashi briefly quotes that maybe something happened to the offering um, that just wasn't, uh, um, that nobody else knew about. It became impure. Something happened. 
and that's why they burnt it. These things happen in a, in a uh, um, you know, especially uh, all it takes is one dead creepy in the, and it, when they're common in those areas, or, or if, uh, um, if somebody on the way up to Yerushalayim passed on the, on the, took the wrong route, uh, somebody could have been tame, and so that's why they would have had to have burned it. Scripture doesn't say, the Torah doesn't say. But at any rate, that, that was a, part, a huge part of yesterday's discussion. Let's just finish it off on Pei Gimel at the top, 83a. Uh, some other views where we could learn out that you could burn something when it goes bad right away, according to those views that that's what you do, and don't have to wait for it to go bad first. Um, it doesn't say go bad, but it says tavusurasan, like it's, it doesn't look the same. It starts to look a certain way. Okay. Rabba Mosef He added another opinion to the mix. Who agrees that you burn it right away? Where is that, Titania? Uh, the uh, Rabbi Yosi Haglili Omer. That's that abbreviation. Rabbi Yosi from the Galilee said, It's a set of psukim in Vayikra, and the question what it was talking about. And he says the lesson over there was that you burnt it. Uh, those were the, the parim hanisrafim, the, the cows that were burnt and the goats that were burnt. It was a special service and it was done over there. And you have to burn it and you don't eat it. Uh, and over there it was burnt right away. So that's another place. Uh, so, so that was another source uh, that you burn things that go bad right away. Uh, so... Uh, then we get to, back to the discussion of um, they had, what about a sin offering that they brought it too far in? So that has to be burnt. Do you also burn it right away or is it, um, do you wait for it to go bad? So Amrlam, it says, so he, he goes back to our uh, previous discussion with Aaron. Moshe Rabbeinu said to him, Hein lo dama Nima. They, Aaron said, no, we didn't goof and bring it too far in. Michlal, that implies, e nafik, ihi. Uh, had they uh, taken the blood out, or inami ayodama, or they brought it too far in, that it would be burnt. So uh, that's also a source that you would burn it right away. Not from what they, they ended up, that's not what happened, but that implied if that's what happened, that would explain why they burned it. Uh, and now Rav Yochanan didn't bring that last proof. Why didn't he do that? It really, the blood and the meat is really the same uh, proof. Is there something wrong uh, when there's a problem uh, with the blood is different than when there's a problem with uh, the owner. We're trying to show that even if there's nothing wrong with the Corbin, uh, you would burn it right away. The problem's in the owner, not the Corbin. That was the question we had. In that case, there was a problem with the blood. So the question is, is the blood separate from... So in a certain way it is, and in a certain way it isn't. And I was think about this. Right away when they shek the animal, they take the blood, okay? And they give you this beautiful lamb or goat, and you do the slow roast, and it's ready to go, and everything is good. And then you find out somebody goofed with the blood. So you've got to throw away the lamb or the goat, and you've got to burn it. So the question is, is that a, is that a did something happen to the offering itself, or was that outside of the offering? So we wanted to know when it had to do with the owner, nothing to do with the lamb. But the last proof had to do with the blood of the lamb. So is that like something happened to the lamb, or is that not? Now you say, of course the blood is part of the lamb, but the blood had already left the lamb. We had already taken the blood out. 
So the, really, the part that, that's the Corbin, the lamb itself, is beautiful. So the, the, if something went wrong with the blood, is that, does that deal with our issue? Um, again, if something goes wrong with the Corbin, we understand that you burn it. Our question is, if the Corbin, nothing went wrong with, just the owner. And uh, the, uh, the question is, how do you view something going wrong with the blood? Is that like something went wrong with the lamb because it came from the lamb? Or right now it's separate from the lamb and the lamb itself is beautiful. Maybe you should have to wait. So that's, that's a side discussion. Okay, new Mishnah, new issue. Now we've got a bone to pick. What about the bones and the sinews uh, and the leftovers? So what do you do with that? The after, Pesach, uh, after Pesach, the leftovers. So you burn them on the 16th. There's a concept also with the Corbin. It's a, uh, it's a special connection to Hashem. We don't eat it as a leftover. When we serve Hashem, we don't give Hashem leftovers. We always have to be fresh with our service. Very important lesson. Uh, we had that before with the Kohen Gadol that he can't wear. He wore very expensive clothing. They couldn't wear him the next year, even though he only wore them one day in the previous Yom Kippur. He's not, you're not supposed to wear the same clothes that you did last year. This year's Yom Kippur is supposed to be new. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful idea that every time we uh, do a service, we try to do something new. It's not just rehashing the old stuff. So, uh, but at any rate, they, they burnt the old stuff, uh, but after Yantav. What about if the day after Yantav is Shabbos? So then what? So then you end up burning it two days later. Now, what about this great mitzvah to burn the leftovers? Uh, there's, it is a mitzvah, but that mitzvah doesn't push off the Shabbos, and it doesn't push off the Yantuf. So the, those things that are left over, you don't burn them on Yantuf itself. You wait till afterwards. Let's see the Gemara. Omar of Mari Baraba, Omar of Yitzchak. So what about holy bones? Whatever happens, you ever wonder what happens to the bones? In other words, you bring the offerings, and then you eat them, but then you don't eat the bones. So what's the story with the bones? Are they holy? Are they not holy? The problem is... But we weren't even allowed to crack the bones, right? Correct, yeah. Okay. We'll get to that. Yeah, that's an important point. Yeah. So, but now we switch to regular kachim. But we're allowed to burn them. Yeah, yeah, that's afterwards. Afterwards we okay. burn them. But, uh, hmm. uh, so the bones of holy things. So now the problem is that uh, bones have marrow inside. And the marrow is edible. So if the, the marrow is really part of an offering, uh, and ideally... Um, so really, you should eat the marrow. Some people, if they're not real hungry, and you don't, if you can eat lamb chops, why would you want to suck the marrow, right? What, that wouldn't appeal to you. So what happens if they left the marrow, but the, right now the bones, uh, they're not just empty bones. They're bones that have marrow. We'll see there's a difference. So those bones that have the marrow in, shishimish, that's the word shamish, like the shamish in the shul, they hold the leftovers, mitamiyasiyadayim, they, uh, the, the fact that they're a, a Corbin uh, that's uh, old and stale, so to speak, they would have the impurity of leftover Corbin. Because those bones are the base. Uh, they, they hold their container for the uh, forbidden uh, marrow. So name Messiah, let's see if we can prove that rule from our Mishnah. So again, there's a, um, you have leftover Corbin bones. And we're saying that they still would contaminate like the Corbin, which is left over, because there's a marrow in there and the bones are a bosses. They're a base, a support for the marrow. 
So, uh, and, and so therefore, they would maintain that holiness, and in this case, you have to contamination. So, but a bone alone wouldn't do that? Correct. If they didn't have marrow, it wouldn't, yeah. So a bone can get tumor. Correct. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that too. So, um, uh, but uh, the, uh, the question is, can we prove, is, do we have a proof to that, or uh, not a proof, yeah, do we have a proof to that from our Mishnah? So that's what the Gemara, that's where we brought this. Nate Misailo, they tried to bring a proof from our Mishnah, from the Korban Pesach. It's almost like you know, so you you burn them later. Honey, it's almost heiki dummy. What kind of bones you got after Pesach? Maybe there's no, there's no marrow in them. Lama uh, Nisrifu. If that was true, that there was no marrow in the bones, why would you be required to burn them? Nishtinu. You should be able to throw them away because there's nothing holy in the bones. It's simple that these bones are still holy because they have the marrow in the korban, the edible part. If you say bones, that they themselves are not holy, but since they're containers, they're a buses for a noser, that's why you got to burn them. If you say that just because they held the marrow, that's nothing important. Why do you got to burn it? Nistabru, break the bones, vinichalza, and peel them off, and let the, the let the marrow come out. And you could burn the marrow, vinistru vinistru do, and then throw away the bones. It's hard to burn bones, right? mostly. Clearly, the, the bones become holy because they are the, the container for the leftovers. So that's the proof. We see a good proof that bones that held marrow become uh, they become sanctified, so to speak. And that's why you have a mitzvah to burn them over here. Is that a good proof or not? So, Omra, lo, not a good proof. Lo, la mei Really, regularly, uh, you don't have to worry about the container of the noser. The fact that they held the leftovers is not significant. The ksavr, boba kasher the pasuk says, don't break the bones. So, uh, the question is, that's when you're at the seder, and everything is kosher. But what about when you're after the Seder and you're cleaning up the leftovers? Are you allowed to break the bones then? So uh, since there is a view that it's a feel of psul, even afterwards you're not allowed to break the bones. Especially if the whole reason that you don't break the bones is to show that in case you were afraid of the Egyptians, to show you were burning their god and you wanted to break the bones. So we say, no, you know, you have to, you have to do it whole to show that it's... Uh, but why can't you do it afterwards? But... There's an extra pasuk that says, lo, lo sisru etzim bo, don't break the bones in it. I think that's the pasuk. Uh, let's see if Rashi brought the pasuk. Etzim lo sisru. Etzim lo yeah. Where did you see it? Or Rashi? Oh, okay. Oh, very good. Thank you, Rabbi Golding. Okay, now I don't feel so bad. All right, okay. So, uh, but you don't break the bones. What is the word in it? Of course, in it. The answer is, even if it's after it's, uh, it's been left over. Okay. So, they, we thought the reason that you don't break the bone, uh, that you got to burn it, is because since it was a container for the holy marrow, that's why. But the more it's not a proof. It's just because one of the halachas of not breaking bones. Silkadite. Uh, I... Uh, and, and we would uh, assume even when it's possible. But didn't we learn the following? Didn't we learn that once it's bad, if you break the bones, we don't whip you? Which sounds like technically it's not a violation. So 
the, the, we, now we have to deal with a different issue. Can you break leftover bones or not? So the Mara said, it's not a difficulty, it depends. If they originally were good, then you can't break them. But uh, if it never was, if these were bones of something that was tame and was never, uh, never used, then you're allowed to break the bones. Oh, what would happen if, if that uh, carbon's uh, spritzing ended up going bad? Mm-hmm. Could you break the bones? bones that's what right, you're right. right, right. So, the, well, the, so it could be that's what we're saying. It never had a shasa kosher. It never had a time when oh, it... that's what's going on here right now. In a certain way, right. We're saying you would be able to, right. That's the other thing. Who's the one who holds? There's a different lo kosher. That's Rabbi Yaakov. The Tanyu, it says like this. Oh, there's the pasuk. The bone, you won't break it. Rabbi Yaakov says, Omer, he says it depends. If it got the full okay, and then something happened, it'd be better not to break the bone. Lo lo shasa kosher. If it never had the time that it never got the full okay, then it doesn't get the rule that you're not allowed to break the bone. Rishimin says he doesn't. He learns either way. No, you can break the bones. Mesve, more as a question. Right, he's saying you can break the bones after the fact. After the fact, yeah. Yeah. So Mesve, more as a question. Usually, you don't got to burn regular. Corbin bones. Which ones except for Atzma Pesach? Why be Neatakola? Because this is the, we, we're worried about the, um, the, the bones of Corbin Pesach uh, because um, uh, we don't want you to break them, so that's why we burn them. So what's the problem here? Hani Atzamos Hekidami. What kind of bones you got here? Ilema uh, Moach. If there's no marrow, Lamulisrifu. Why do you even need to burn them? They have marrow. And if it's important that the bones were the container for the marrow, why don't you burn regular Corbin bones? So we're trying to get to why, how are Pesach bones different than Corbin bones? We're talking about where you find a pile of bones and the bones have been picked over. Chalutim is like they've been uh, drained. They've been torn open. So regular Corbin bones, there's no reason not to break the bones. Come the honey, no, sir. Um, so uh, the, the, these Corbin bones that have been broken, no, sir, before the Corbin meat was left over, they broke them. So these bones that were emptied, these are the bones that were emptied of the marrow. So those, if, while they were eating the carbon, while they were eating the carbon, so right. these bones were next, never actually a container for the bad bones, for the bad marrow, for the, the marrow that has to be burnt. So that's why below boys reifa. Whereas asmots pesach pesach bones, the yeshbro mishum said that you're not allowed to break the bones. Labasin having no sir, and so the the marrow gets left over because you, you can't get the marrow because the only way to do it is break the bones. So the katsinu. When they removed it, Havilushimus no sir. So these bones, even if the marrow is no longer there, at one time they held marrow, and it was forbidden marrow. Oh boy, Srefa, that's why they got to be burned. So that's the difference between Pesach bones, and really all the bones are, at this point don't have marrow in them. But uh, the Pesach bones at one time did.
Rizvid has a different answer on Maiski in the cases. Kigon. Shamatsu Tsiburim Tsiburim. That's not the case. The case is you found a pile of bones. Umehen Chalutim. And some of the bones were open. So Atmos Kachim. Holy bones. So we can assume that regular Corbin bones would have been all uh, broken and all the marrow eaten. And so what's left, you don't have to burn. You don't have to burn regular Corbin bones. The only reason we're burning bones are because they have the leftovers in them. But regular Pesach bones. That you weren't allowed to break them in their time. So Dilma Hanilu Katsinu. Now, even though uh, maybe these now are the ones that they did remove the marrow, Ulahanak Lochilsinu. And the ones that they didn't remove the marrow, Bois Rafa. So therefore, um, uh, you have to take the pile and burn it because some of them didn't have the. It's, it, you don't really have time to go through and check every bone if they took the marrow out. And so, since it's possible there are Pesach bones in the mix, Therefore, you got to take them out. <laughs> okay. Now we continue on with a similar subject. Forget about the bones for a minute. What about the sinews? There are chewy parts of the meat that you would normally not eat uh, that are also going to be left over. So what about them? So Omar Rav Yehuda, Omar Rav, Kol Haginim Basar, all sinews are considered meat. If you ever wonder why the butchers don't cut that out, you know, when you buy it and you're just going to cut it and throw it away and you just, because uh, they want you to pay for it, right? Like it's good meat, right? They're all, that's that's, uh, that's a, a, a trick. I don't know why they don't cut out the, uh, the sinews. Uh, well, today we wouldn't eat them. So the, the Gemara seems to agree with the butchers that in ancient times they would eat those sinews. Kol hagid in Busser, they're all called meat. They're all edible. But except for the neck ones, chutz mi Don't try to eat a neck sinew. That's gonna. That's too chewy. It depends on how. Che- there are certain things that are chewy, but technically they're edible. Again, we're in a very wealthy society. We don't eat stuff that doesn't doesn't get eaten easily. They ate everything. <laughs> if, if you if you did get one of those hunks of something in the meat, mm-hmm. and you you literally just moms couldn't chew it up, you can't spit that out, could you? Uh, could. Oh, you could. There'd be a, well, the problem is you're not supposed to have leftovers. Right, so you'd have to burn what you spit out then. Uh, Yeah, but in theory, you should try to, in other words, uh, there should be enough people there that everybody's going to want to eat whatever they get. Gotcha. Um, But you're right, if the, uh, in theory, only the neck ones you should spit out. Uh, if you have some pool, you'll tell them I don't want the tough parts. <laughs> Get, make sure my piece has the. Uh, I don't want to eat crystal. <laughs> I don't want to eat crystal. That's right. Tell the chef. Okay. So that's most The bones and the sinews and the leftovers you burn after Pesach. So What kind of sinews you got over there? If these are edible ones, so you should have eaten them. They shouldn't be left over. The Eid Oser, and if you did leave them over for whatever reason, you spit them out, you just couldn't stomach them. So that's no, sir, that's leftover. We're talking about the neck ones. And um, the neck ones, as we said, those are too tough. Even, even starving people don't eat the neck ones. That's just pure chew. Uh, so, if you want to say that even though we don't typically eat them, but they're considered meat, that's why you got to burn them. But if they're not considered meat, why do you got to burn them? You only have to burn the leftover meat. 
uh, the leftover part that's somewhat edible. Um, and so the question is whether these veins are edible. Uh, he says, I can solve the whole problem over here. When we're talking about a leftover sinew, we're not talking about because you couldn't eat it. Uh, the, the people in those days, they ate every bit of it, uh, except for the, the, the hard bones. What are we talking about being leftover? We're talking about the sciatic. The sciatic, you're not allowed to eat because it's not kosher. That's what we're talking about. And according to Rabbi Yehuda. Now, the question is, if it's not kosher, then it's also not, it's not leftovers. You were not allowed to eat it. So the answer is, like Rabbi Yehuda, the, the, there is a, a gid that's, that in theory you could eat. What is that? The Tan Yehuda He says, if you look, go back to the wrestling match of Yaakov and the angel, it was only one leg that was whacked. It wasn't both. Does it say, it, it says he was limping. It was one, it was one of the thighs that, was, uh, that the angel did. It doesn't mention that he did both. So he says that really you could eat one sciatic. You could have your, uh, your uh, what do you call it, sirloin steak. You just have to know which one. So in theory, it's only one. But we don't know which one. But Das Mikras Shoshamin, he says, I, I would think that we'd probably be the right one. I don't, I don't know enough about wrestling. Like, if, wouldn't it depend on which hand, how, if the person was left-handed or right-handed, which, which thigh he would, uh, would have taken out? So he says it's probably the right one. El tifshit So you see, Rabbi Yehuda wasn't sure. So basically, he felt that one of them is really edible and one not, and we just don't eat it because we're not sure. So it comes out that one of the two sciatics that you're throwing away is really a good Korban Pesach. Um, so, to eat Mifshib Shitile, and if it was a simple, Hahi Heterit Nechal, because if he really knew which one was good, the one that you're allowed uh, to eat, uh, you should eat, Vidisura Nishtu. And the one that's forbidden, you throw away. Lamali uh, Lister, uh, why would you have to burn it? So our, our question is this. When Rabbi Yehuda said that only one sciatic was forbidden, so, and if he knew which one it was, so then there'd be one that you wouldn't have to burn at all, you could throw away. And then the other one, um, you should be able to eat. So why over, the question here is, why are you burning one? Um, burning implies that it was good, but here there's only one that's good. So it must be that he didn't know. There's a debate about that. And since he didn't know that we have to burn it because maybe the one that's left really was edible. That's a, if you say he knew which one was the real Giranasha, so that one you wouldn't even have to burn. And the other one would have been eaten. So it, maybe that's what's going on over here is there's a, gid, a, a sinew left and uh, it really could have been kosher. We just don't know. So this is a proof that Rabbi Huda didn't know which one was the forbidden one. He says, really, maybe he knew which is the forbidden one. He was debating it and we don't know how he came out in the end. Maybe in the end he felt you could eat one. I, why over here are you throwing one away? You, originally, you were careful to keep the right and left separate, and somehow they got mixed. You know, once you, you know, if you eat the meat first, you, every, the good parts go first, and so once all that's left were the sinews, it's, uh, unless you were like a veterinarian, you might not know which one was the right one, which one was the left one. <coughs> Rabashi says, no, he says, no, there's something else going on over here. 
It's not the, uh, the Gid Anusha itself. It's the fat under the Gid Anusha. The Shamno de Gid Anusha. The Tanya, we learned the following. Uh, it's the following rule. Shamno, the fat of the Gid Anusha Mutter. Really, you're allowed to eat that fat. The fat, uh, the sirloin, that's a very, uh, very juicy part of the animal. He wants to say, really, you could eat the sirloin. Uh, uh, it's, to us, it's, uh, we're holy. We don't want to have anything to do with the Gidanasha. Just, just throw it away. We're not, we're not getting close. You probably have to trim it off the, the sciatic. It, it, when you get a piece of meat, you see that's, you know, there's a, uh, even all veins, the meat is like stuck to them. And the question is, how close do you cut off from the sinew? Are you getting a little bit of that gristle in your, you know it when it happens. It's the worst when you're a guest in someone's house and you eat something, and you're chewing, and you realize there's something in there that you isn't going to go down, and then you got to get your napkin, and uh, because uh, you would have ideally not wanted that to be there. So the Jewish people, we don't want to take a chance that we're going to uh, eat some of that sinew because we're eating the fat, so we throw that away. But really, it's it's kosher, and that's why you got to burn it. That's that's another answer. Ravino gives a different answer. He says bechitzon. There's actually two sinews. And there's the debate about that. There's more than one sciatic. There's two sciatics. There's the inner one that's next to the bone. That one is aser v'chayin. We throw the book at you if you touch that one. There's the outer one that's next to the flesh. That we don't eat it, but if you happen to eat the outer sciatic, ain't chayven alav. And so, uh, just an interesting discussion. Again, before we had the discussion why there was leftovers in the bones. Let's just pause. If there's something that's totally non-edible, like the hide, you don't have a mitzvah to, uh, that's not leftover. That's not something you eat. You don't have to worry about that. So too, if there were totally inedible bones, there'd be no problem. But we're talking about a mitzvah to burn it that implies that there's something there that should have been eaten or could have been eaten. And we're trying to figure out what it is. You so, can burn the hide though, don't you? Um, you don't have to burn the hide? I don't know. Maybe we'll get to it. I don't remember what you do with the Pesach hide. I don't remember if we talked about it or not. I don't remember burning it. It's good. It's, you burn the wool? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, we mentioned that you use the hide to carry it in. That's, that's what we mentioned before. That, uh, but I, I don't remember what happens to it. But we're still... You can get benefit from, from the carbon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're having a good Seder meal. It's uh, oh, right. you're eating. So, uh, so, uh, but uh, Michael was asking about the hide. But uh, with the bones, so we got into two issues. One is that there was probably edible marrow in the bones, and the reason you couldn't get to it was because we were careful not to break the bones. And even if you did get to it, we dealt with the issue, which was debatable, is if bones are a uh, container for the holy marrow, maybe the bones have to be burned also. But if they didn't contain marrow, you wouldn't have to burn them because they would be literally just something hard that has nothing to do with the Corbin Pesach meat. So then we got to the sinews. What's if you the issue? Don't is- have to burn the bones. That would be a kavachomer. Maybe you don't have to burn the uh, sinews. Yeah, I mean, sinews and, and even the hide, couldn't you? Correct. Well, the it's bones not- have marrow. The sinews don't have marrow. Well, that even be a, I think it's, that's a little different. It's not even, yeah, yeah. So they're not even yeah. edible. Right. 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 That's that's the real discussion here. That's the whole discussion here. Um, so by the sinew, so there's two discussions we have with the sinew. It's are they really both forbidden? So maybe the issue is only one's forbidden, but we're not sure. But that was debatable. 
Or even if the sinews are both forbidden, maybe that's the sinews and not the fat. Or the third view, there's two sinews. Maybe it's only the inner sinew and not the outer sinew. So uh, either way, there was a sinew that might be technically uh, edible. And so therefore it has to be burned. Now we have every right not to eat it because we want to be careful with the Gidanasha. But on the other hand, since Minatora, it might be edible and might be something that's considered Korban Pesach, then it has to be burnt afterwards. Okay. So then we finally said that if after Pesach, uh, you, when you want to burn it, it turns out it's Shabbos, you can't burn it on Shabbos. Even though you have a mitzvah to burn it, you've got to wait till all the Shabbos and all the Yantav is over so you can burn your leftover Korban Pesach. So why is that a problem? We have a famous rule, which is whenever you have a mitzvah, let's say you have a mitzvah to give your child a bris on the eighth day. What if it comes out on Shabbos? The mitzvah of bris milah pushes off the Shabbos because the, the command overrides. Hashem tells you, do it on the eighth day, so even if it's Shabbos. So here Hashem tells you, burn the korban. He says, burn your leftover Pesach. So if that's true, so you should burn it even on Shabbos. Let the command to burn it push away the negative of not burning. Light the fire? Um, well, if you're, yes. um, if you're commanded to do it on Shabbos, you'd be allowed to light the fire if you were allowed. We're going to come out, you're not allowed, but that's a good question. The, uh, there is a different rule that if you had a way to do it without having to have a fire, then... Um, you know, maybe if you had a fire going from before Shabbos, right. and then you, then you would have to, but you should be allowed to throw your Pesach bones in there. That's the question, and we're not even allowed to do that. So the question is why? If we're commanded to, why don't we? So, Omer Chizki, Tainta'ni Be'chizki, Omer Kra, the Pesach says like this, don't leave over anything until the morning. And if you did leave over anything, keep in mind it's dark, and, um, Sometimes when you clear away the plates, you're surprised that some people left some really good food on the plates. You know, that's just what happens at a meal. You know, uh, you don't fully control uh, what people want if they're going to eat. Now, Korban Pesach, they were supposed to not leave it over. But, you know, that's, uh, some things happen. So what happens if it gets left over? You're supposed to burn it. But Why does it have to say, don't leave it over until the next morning? Uh, we already said, don't leave it over to the morning, and what do you do with the leftovers? So we, we already know the leftovers are what's left over the next morning. Why does it repeat until the morning? That you can burn it the next day. So basically, uh, the Torah is telling us, don't burn it on Shabbos or Yontif, that you can burn it even later. So our question was, well, since we have a mitzvah, we've got to do it right away. No, the Torah is t- hinting to you that you can wait until after all the holidays and burn it. That's answer number one. Abaye gives another answer. He says, that uh, we do make fires on Shabbos for korbanos. You're allowed to bring the korban Shabbos on Shabbos, but you can't bring a weekday offering on Shabbos or on Yantif. So um, here also, you're not allowed to burn leftovers from Yantif on Shabbos. So that's why you can't um, burn Pesach leftovers on Shabbos. That's answer number two. Answer number three, Rabbi says, Omicron. It's, it's not that we each, uh, they threw out the question and each sage reviewed all their learning to see where, why they thought that they didn't uh, burn it on Shabbos. So 
each one had a different suggestion. Now, it, sometimes they all agree. Here they came up with different ideas. Rava, he had a different idea. It only says for the Corbin itself, but not for uh, leftovers. Um, Rash, uh, those, those you can't burn. We turn to tomorrow's page. Uh, but it says uh, you're allowed to do things on Shabbos, but you're not allowed to do a bris milah that's not on the eighth day on Shabbos because um, uh, that we learn out. Uh, Rashi explains oh. what the kavuchomer is. That uh, the, the question was that even if it's not Shabbos, if there's no mitzvah, even if it's not the eighth day, um, we would have thought you could do a bris milah on on. Uh, a, a, this comes up sometimes. The baby can't have a bris on the eighth day. So uh, but, uh, what if the doctor gives the okay and he, uh, it's a Friday night? So can you do it on Shabbos? So we learn out that you, you can't do a bris milah unless it's the eighth day. You can't do it shalom bismano. So here also, you wouldn't be allowed to burn these uh, leftovers. Again, that's, it's part of this drasha that you don't, you, know, you don't violate the yanta for the Shabbos to do certain types of things. Ravashi, he has a fifth answer. He says Shabbosan. The yantuf, asay. Yantuf also has an asay, rest, don't do work. And so, the ain essay, docha los asay vasay. And so, if it was only a los asay, don't work on yantuf, so you'd be allowed to make a fire because uh, you have a mitzvah to burn the, uh, the leftover Pesach stuff. But Corbin Pesach, not only does it say don't work, it says shabboson, rest. So it's a los asay and asay. So that's a reason that you're not allowed to burn it until after Yantuf. So we have multiple reasons why you would uh, want to uh, wait till after Yantuf to take or after Shabbos to take care of the final removal of the bones. Okay, have a great day, everyone. I want to remind you we're doing something new. Um, we're going to have at nine o'clock uh, the Zoom channel Matzi Shabbos uh, will be Mirz Hashem also uh, doing this year. We have it Shabbos afternoon for those of you that can come in person. And at that point, we'll be able to put it up on the uh, podcast. So if you miss the Shabbos uh, learning, you can always catch it uh, sometime after 9.30 or so. Mir um, And have a great Shabbos and a Chodesh Tov. And remember the rule, Misha Niknas Adar, once this month starts, uh, we got to have more and more joy. Mir Okay. Be well.